All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, and we've got special guest, teammate, great agent, Tim Gola here. We all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And you can find the show every week streaming on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So what I thought we could do today, it's like the fifth day of the second quarter, right? Or the, the second half of the year, third quarter. Let's talk about some predictions for the second half of the year because we've been in this market where it's been go, go, go. And now all of a sudden there's some headwinds here. Things are changing a little bit and consumers are wondering what's going to happen next. So what I'd love to do, I've got a ton of stuff I wrote down here um, in terms of what I see happening in the second half of the year. But I'd love to hear from you two. What is your, and we'll start with Stacy. what is your number one prediction for the second half of the year in the real estate market? Well, the, um, the consumers think that the market's going to crash. Yes. So my prediction is it is definitely not going to crash. So okay. there's going to be no crash. Um, the other Tell us more. <laughs> well, because um, there's still very low inventory and there's still plenty of buyers. We still have the millennials that are still trying to secure their first home. So we have a lot of first-time home buyers out there. Um, so probably to get through the millennials that are trying to get into the market, the boomers that are downsizing, that might be two to three year process or, mm-hmm. or longer. Um, so even though the interest rates have ticked up, they're still very good and they're still very low. Um, some folks might uh, find it hard to believe that I had a 11.99% interest rate on my first home. Yes, and I tell people double that. Double what and they're they, quoting now. Right, double, that's double. Double. Yep. So, and I tell people that, and they look at me like I have 10 heads, like I don't know what I'm talking about, but that is true. And um, it puts some perspective to their situation. Like, I know that you think that six is high or could go a little higher, but actually, in the long run, you are buying an asset. You're, you're getting into a home, so it's going to hold value. Um, so, yeah, so I think that it, the housing market's definitely not going to crash. Interest rates are definitely going to continue to rise. So how far are they going to go? And I'd love to get everyone's take on this here. And when you, when you say the market's not going to crash, I mean, you gave a lot of great reasons. I think it's important to def, uh, define a crash first because a lot of we, – we talked about this last week on the correction versus a crash. So a lot of re- – and I, I agree with you on this 100%. A lot of people think the reason the market's going to crash is because there's housing bubble signs that are here because demand has been so high, inventories dropped, and rates have decreased and now increased. So a lot of people think that's going to be the reason why. But what they don't get is that the number of home sales have also declined. You know, right before the crash coming up beforehand, when it was in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. house sales increased dramatically. And when they came down, there was still a lot of excess inventory, which we're not seeing. So that, to me, is the critical point. So where do you think rates are going to go? And, Tim, please chime in as well. Well, we didn't expect them to jump this high so mm-hmm. quickly. So I would predict... Um, we're definitely going to see, I would say 7.5 would be the max for the end of this year. 7.5. Okay. Yeah. That's t- for the end of this year. I don't know about next year, but this is for 2020, the yeah, f- finishing no, out 2022. I'm with you. I think, you know, between seven and eight, I think, you know, we have to assume we're going to get there. You know what I mean? That's what I'm telling my buyers. You know, I think you, to be safe, you got to assume that. We're seeing the highest equity in homes ever right now. And this is from Lauren June from the, the, the chief economist from the National Association of Realtors. So we've seen homeowner equity increase so much that 
you're going to see a level off because some people are saying, well, it doesn't make sense for me to move or I'm locked in at this lower rate. So I, I do agree that there's going to be kind of a deceleration or a level off. You're right on there. In terms of rates, there's some conflicting opinions about this. So I want to share this with you guys. I, I, I do see rates continuing to tick up a little bit. Um, Lauren June also said he thinks rates right now, they already factored in future Fed rate increases. Mm. Because if you notice what happened a couple weeks ago, the, the rates jumped up before the Fed even met yeah. Yeah. in anticipation of this big three-quarter of a point increase, which was the highest increase in 40-some years. So he's anticipating rates might actually like level off a little bit. And I, you know, to me, that could, it could go one of two ways. And a lot of this is going to depend on inflation. If the Fed gets inflation under control a bit, because this is all people are talking about right now. Totally. Last week on the news, I'm watching Action News, right? And they're talking about people are spending more on 4th of July barbecues than ever before. And prices are up like 7 8% on like hot dogs and like hamburgers. Insane. But right. people feel that, right? Mm -hmm. um, what I know is that when you, if inflation kind of comes down a bit, I think the, 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 the rates might stabilize. But if inflation continues, the Fed's going to keep hiking the rates. And they're going to hike them anyway. When inflation kind of gets down, like past that 8 number... If, if it settles in a little bit, I think rates could stabilize. So uh, I think the next two, three months are going to be critical for, for, for a lot of reasons. I don't think rates stay here. I do agree they might go up. I think eight's going to be kind of the cap. So I'm, I'm with, I don't see them going higher than 8%. That would scare a lot of people off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think that that would really that would throw a wrench into a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to see it go to that level, obviously. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so even if that's what I'm, I'm trying to advise clients now that um, even though the rates are at six, it's a great time to get in because if they do go up to seven, great, you got in at a lower rate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if they ever drop in the next couple of years or five to 10 years, you can always refinance. And there are a lot of loan programs now. There are even um, some adjustable loan programs, which... One of my predictions, yeah. more uh, arms in the marketplace. I think a yes. lot, especially first-time home buyers. I mm -hmm. mean, think about the people you work with. They're going to be like five years in a home. They mm -hmm. want to get in like that townhome or that condo. I'm clear they're going to go with adjustable rate loans, knowing they're going to be out of there pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. that's what a smart consumer is going to do. We haven't seen a lot of adjustable rates because it didn't make sense to. Right. I would anticipate we're going to see more adjustable rate mortgage applications being taken over the next six months. For people that are especially in that first time or like i know i'm not, I'm not going to stay here forever sort of property yeah. i think on, on that note um one qualifying question that i'm i'm harping on with my buyers is how long are you going to stay in this home great it's question you know what i mean like, you yeah. know a lot of buyers like oh well our, our housing price is going to go down do i think so no but let's just <laughs> assume that they are right i mean 08 was 14 years ago, like, we don't know if you're gonna stay in this house 10 years, we don't know where the market's gonna be in, in 10 years. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's a, a question all realtors should be asking their buyers. Because um, like you said, then you can pivot to, you know, an arm, you know, something of that nature, get them a lower rate, get that payment down and, mm -hmm. and get into the next home a little bit easier. That's a great question. And for predictions, the agents that don't ask that, they're going to have a hard time doing business. Because I, I think this, and we'll, we'll talk about kind of agent mythbusters, but when, what agents should be doing in a second here. That's a great question, Tim. So what other predictions do you have? So I'm seeing rates are going to go up, de de like a stabilization of the market or a leveling off, not, not a crash, but things are going to kind of go back to pre-2020 numbers. What else are you guys seeing here? Or do you want to hear a couple of mine? Well, I, you know, I think uh, I, the number was 100 thousand new yes. realtors came on this year. I think we're going to see a lot of them drop off. Okay. Um, 
like right now we're dealing with a lot of inex inexperienced realtors out there. There's, you know, it's kind of oversaturated. So I think we're definitely going to see that number of realtors decline sharply here in the next year or so. I agree with that one. Yeah. I totally agree. And I'm going to put a number on it. 20 to 30% decline wow. in the next 12 months. And that's, that's kind of the normal attrition anyway with most sales businesses, but also with, with realtors. Mm -hmm. And to your point, they're inexperienced. I, mean, I literally just hung up on a phone call right before we, we did the show here where, oh, this agent's been doing it 11 years. And this person is part-time. So I'm like, immediately, I'm like, okay, well, they've been doing it really like five if you want to cut it in half. And they're saying, well, we, we shouldn't have to mm -hmm. sign this addendum when they don't have a valid contract because there's a missing initial on a page, which is like basic stuff. We've all been through this before those things are going to start to blow up in people's faces and that's going to cause them to get scared get out of the industry or maybe cost them some money because or a lawsuit or something and i we're going to see more of these things happen and people are going to say you know what it's not worth it and also there's going to be less of an influx of people coming in because you think about going from a salaried job to a commission job and yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never done anything else, so I have a hard perspective. You were a business owner. You were in sales. So I think the three of us maybe have a unique perspective, but the person making that jump, I know there's all this uncertainty in the air about the economy. They're going to be a little right. less likely to say, all right, I'm giving away my X amount of your salary, even though I know I could make more mm -hmm. because I'm just uncertain about what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm, right. I'm anticipating 20 to 30% decrease. We're at like 1.5 million right now. So I'd say it's going to be Next 12 months are going to level off like one, two, one, three. Yeah. And on that note, too, um, you know, there was a lot of new realtors and we have you know, Zillow leads. Sure. You know, the, the method of which we're getting leads um, and the market we were in, it was very transactional. Um, what you're going to see is the realtors who succeed in the, in the market. They're going to be the ones who are actually relationship first, mm -hmm. you know, um, instead of just trying to close the sale. And they're, they're using other methods other than just your online leads. Mm -hmm. People who are putting boots to the ground, you're going to see the cream rise to the top in a big way, 100%. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and yep. there's going to be less transactions. So think about this. you got more realtors than ever. Yep. There's going to be about 13% less transactions this year. So you have that happening. And then the people who don't know how to close a suitcase and don't know how to be able to you know, put a transaction together or show more than three properties or the ones that just don't want to work and get on the phone. And right. we're going to talk about yeah. that secondly here in our second segment about some of the real estate myths that are out there about the real estate business itself over the past two years. So I don't want to go too much into that. I couldn't agree with you more. There's less home sales. There's more competition. There's also all these external factors trying to come after commission dollars. You mentioned Zillow. There's a ton of referral networks out there. And I know what we're doing internally is how do we generate our own business? How do we go find that? And how do we supplement all this with online leads to have a really robust business? Mm -hmm. So what else do you think? I think um, <coughs> we're definitely getting back to more negotiations, even yep. counter offers to the original offer that you submit, <laughs> which riddle me this. Counter offers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Those and, are the days. Uh, inspections. And negotiating uh, inspection, re, you know, the replies. So I think that uh, agents who aren't good at negotiations or aren't, um, you know, problem solving is not their forte. This is going to be a real problem for them um, that they're going to have to learn to overcome and, and figure out. Because if not, every deal is going to just blow up. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's the hardest part of a transaction. You know, your negotiations on price totally and the inspection. Agree. So if you're not, if your head's not in the game and you're not willing to put in that work, you know, it's your your, your rate of success is going to drop dramatically. Yeah. I mean, that's really where, you know, all the magic happens mm -hmm. as we move to this next market. And I, I would add in you need to have emotional intelligence with this. Like, you know how to have to deal with people. Like, for example, 
you get the inspection reply and it's 7.30 on a Friday night, <laughs> I would call the seller in the morning instead of like yeah. blowing them up at 8 at night and saying like, hey, here's what we got going on. Because yeah. you got to meet them where they're at. I mean, they could be out to dinner. They could be out with their family. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with that at that time. Or, or the folks and the agents, and we were even talking about this last week in a training, like you didn't get a response. They just want to hammer people for a response. Well, that doesn't fly either. You know, having professionalism and emotional intelligence and like this is a better time to call. Nothing good happens at this time. Right. A lot of agents don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. and Or they just don't care or they're more concerned about the commission dollars than their client mm-hmm. and they have commission breath. I think it's probably a combination of everything. There's a way to handle these things so you're going to get the outcome that's best for everybody and let things play out, which most agents don't want to do. They want to just, oh, I got to get done. I got to do this right now. And there's more important things happening in just just the time of day in a lot of cases or or how you communicate. And that's where a lot of folks, I know we've all dealt with this over the past 30 days, Mm -hmm. they just don't get it. And, And they don't have that kind of training of how to negotiate, not the nuts and bolts of it, but like how you say things, not what you say. And there's a big difference there. Yeah. You got to be able to read the room. <laughs> That's right. Very right. true. Right. And keep a level head, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not not let your emotions take over. Um, check your ego. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about your clients. 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's where a lot of people slip up. They want to be the hero in the story instead of the guide. Mm-hmm. And the guide is the one that ends up getting people where they need to go. And that's what this job's all about. So I got a couple other predictions for you guys here. We got, okay. um, let's see how much time we got left. We got about five, eight minutes here. So um, we hit on um, we hit on a couple things. One thing we didn't talk about was inventory. I am mm. clear we're going to see inventory rise, not to an even market. I don't want anyone to get excited. We're going to see a six-month supply of homes on the market. Right. right now, through the end of June, we saw about two-thirds of a supply, two-thirds of a month supply. So 0.63, wow. 0.64, <laughs> 20 days, right? on the market in the suburbs and about a a two month supply in Philadelphia. It was a little higher than that. I anticipate when we get into the fall, when this rate, because there's still people out there that are like, my kids need to go to school next year. I need to get moved. Like we're in that spring selling season, kind of the end of it right now. I'm clear we're gonna see inventory jump up to like a month and a half to two months by the end of the year in the suburbs and probably closer to three to four months in Philadelphia. And in general, I'm talking, I mean, I think we see inventory just, just climb enough that People can breathe a little bit. There's a little more room. And to your point and yours, we have like a normal market where you can negotiate and inspect things and mm-hmm. have more than 15 minutes to make a decision. And a lot of people back this up. Danielle Hale, we talked about her a couple of weeks ago on the show, that she anticipates the same thing. She's the chief economist with NAR. A lot of people are saying this. And with rising rates, some of these buyers are going to get priced out of the market, whether they want to believe it or not. But there's also less homes that are selling. So the home sale pace is declining. Demand's going to not totally go away, just decelerate a little bit. And we're going to see more homes on the market. So I, I think people are going to be shocked. And when you're going really fast down the road or when you're dealing with a 20-day supply and it goes to 45, it's still not a lot, but it's going to feel it's a hell of a, a lot better for these people. Oh, yeah. 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 Because you can definitely feel the two-thirds month supply. Mm-hmm. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's been the, that's the lowest that it's been. It's been hovering around here the past three, four yeah. months. And, and part of that is the seasonality too. I mean, you got to look at where you are. Through June, we always see the most transactions, April, May, June, mm-hmm. every year, except 2020 and 2021 because of what was going on, especially 2020. Couldn't yeah. even leave our houses. Right. Um, thank you, Governor Wolf. And uh, so what, what, I, what, what, what I see happening, though, is that this is going to all these factors are going to find and it's going to take some time. And right. we're at a time of year anyway, where August is typically like one of those months where there's a lot of business to be done. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to ever say there's not business to be done. Historically, it's a little slower than May or mm-hmm. April. And 
that's going to we're going to come into the fall and people are going to be ready to list and that the demand may not be as frothy as it is right now so it's not going to be a ton but it's going to feel a lot better for people so what about some real order predictions we talked about them dropping out of the market we talked about um time on uh you know inspections terms mortgage rates any other predictions that we have here that we want to hit on i mean we we covered a lot Mm. on, on this and I'm clear we're going to be right on 100% of them. Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. A thousand, we're batting 1,000 here. So I got one more for you guys. Okay. Um, because of the number of real orders dropping, I'm also clear the real order income is going to drop for a lot of people. Um, if you look at where the average real order so far this year, they're on pace to make $33,800. That's a big drop from where it was the previous two. And with those agents dropping, you're going to see more teams come onto the marketplace or more teams take market share mm-hmm. because I don't think the individual agents can compete anymore. And yeah. I think, and, and not, not all of them. There's some really good ones out there that right. know how to go get their own business. They've got geographic farms. They know how to work their sphere. They know how to do all these things, but it, they, they can't scale it quickly. Like they're going to be doing X amount for X amount of time. And some of these teams are going to break up or get absorbed by other people because they don't have the systems in place or they're not able to do the business. I mean, I, I, I think this is a really prime market for the people that know the playbook, know how to educate their clients. And the ones that don't, they're going to be the ones out of business. And maybe they're still in business, but they're not going to sell as much as they were the past 24 months. So I really anticipate this trend of teams is going to continue. And the teams that are positioned right are going to be the ones that are able to really effectively take market share from a lot of folks. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So we just told you everything that's going to happen in the second half of 2022. So I hope you took notes. We broke it all down pretty specifically here. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to bust some myths about the real estate business and a lot of the messaging that's been heard over the past 24 months. And if it's true or false, this is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. He's Tim Gola. She's Stacey Mitchell. Special guest Nick behind the camera this week. 
and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And you can find the show every week streaming on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So wanted to come back and talk about, we, we gave our second half predictions, but we're also in this shifting market. And there is so much rhetoric about like what people should and shouldn't be doing in the real estate business. And for the agents out there, I get nervous, kind of like the fake news we talked about with like the, the right. market, like, oh, the market's going to crash. And right. we talked last week about the Moody's uh, chief economist who anticipates a correction where prices drop 10%, which I know none of us agree with. Right. So I thought we could do the same thing and bust some of these messages, whether they're true or false, and talk about what actually is going to work for agents as we get into this market where you can't just show up, open the door, hope you caught the right buyer, <laughs> write a contract $100,000 above the asking price, and then never talk to these people again. Because that's what a lot of agents did. And, and go on vacation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you should still go on vacation. I'm a big proponent <laughs> right, of that. Yeah. So uh, I came up with about eight or nine things I've heard from different people that are out there trying to get into real estate coaching, or they're just this is, this is the message they're putting out. And it's to me, some of this stuff is crazy. So I'm just going to lay them up for you two and tell me whether you think it's true or false and what the, what the way to generate business should be based around this, this particular lead pillar or lead conversion method. So the first one is never make a cold call again. What do you guys think? False. False. Okay. <laughs> tell us more. Never make a cold call again. Um, most of the time, we, I mean, that's one of our main avenues of, of lead generation. So whether it be we take on a new listing and we circle dial the neighborhood, I mean, in essence, that's cold calling. That's exactly what a but cold you're call bringing, is. But you're bringing, you want to bring value to folks. Um, you want to let them know what's going on in their neighborhood. And of course, you know, you don't get to talk to a lot of people all the time, but you're going to be able to reach a number, of, a handful of people, bring them valuable information. So I don't know how you could not ever make a cold call. Uh, to me, that just seems foreign. Yep. Um, I don't like the term cold call. I think it's kind of like salesy. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't like to think that those calls are salesy. You yep. know they are. But um, yeah, you have to. You have to do calls. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, every realtor needs, you know, at least three pillars where they're getting you know, um, leads from, right? That. Um, you know, you have your online leads, you have your sphere, and then, you know, cold calling, door knocking. This is all stuff that the successful realtors over the next few years are going to be doing. And, you know, I think we're transitioning. It was very transactional based the past few years. Yeah, customer service is going to be first and foremost as we move into this next market. I mm -hmm. think people are yearning totally for agree. that. Yeah. Um, like, you know, COVID happened and everyone was just transaction, like food delivery, this, that. Yeah. And I think we kind of got wired that way. Mm -hmm. We're going to transition back. And I think, you know, all of these things, like cold calling, especially door knocking, is, are things that successful agents are going to have to do. To think that you can't, you're not going to do those and have success. I mean, right. you might as well get out of the business right now. Yep. So... I love that advice. And I mean, calling your leads works. And, and that's yeah. the thing. And, and one of the challenges is a lot of people, they get they want to go like right to text or they want to go to the non-invasive way to communicate. Mm -hmm. You can't get all the information. And more importantly, you can't hear the tone in their voice yes. about the situation. And wh right. whether you're trying to book an appointment, right? Or, uh, and I mean, getting on the phone in general works, but booking an appointment especially if someone says, hey, I'm not interested, or hey, I'm not moving anymore, if you don't hear the tone in their voice when they say that, right. and they don't hear the tone in your voice if you're trying to help them, because there's so many people that get called, 
that that's something that's really lost because when people talk, there's three. I gave a four there. There's three (laughs) components that you're going to hear. The words you say, which is actually the lowest percentage, it's only about 15 to 18 percent of what people hear. The second is tonality, which is another 32, 33 percent, and the rest is body language. So. The body language can come through in your tone, and that's why people should be standing up and like pointing to themselves and leaning in on phone calls and doing those things. That stuff all gets lost in the translation. So, I mean, I hope people stop making cold calls. So, <laughs> so that we can. Yeah. Folks like you, yeah, guys like yeah. us and gals right. like us can make sure that we're able to, to do that. And I don't care any market, even in a hot market like we were in, the people that were making calls were the ones mm-hmm. that were taking a lot of market share. So. To me, that's, you know, it's great people don't want to make calls, and I, I, like, I like that message being out there selfishly, mm-hmm. but for agents that want to get better, yeah. don't listen to this nonsense. So right. we're all in right. agreement there. Yes. Here's another one. Open houses don't work or never do an open house again. What do you think about that? Wrong. <laughs> False. Well, tell I us think, more. Okay, so open houses gives people the opportunity to come through um, if their agent that they're working with is not available then they can come through an open house. You get a chance to meet people. Uh, they can walk through the home, go back to their agent. The agent can reach out to us. If they don't have an agent, it you know they're coming in the door. They're curious. Mm-hmm. They want to. Yep. Maybe they're just starting. It gives us the opportunity to build a relationship with them, find out more what they're looking for. Is this the right house? If it's not, so to me, it's it's a no brainer. You have to do the open houses again. It's relationship building, and um, you know it's outreach. Plus, again, I'll go back to the cold calling. (laughs) When you're doing the open house, you want a cold call prior and let the neighborhood know what's going on. Invite them to the open Mm -hmm. house. Maybe they have friends or family, yes, that is looking in the neighborhood. There are statistics about folks, you know, where they move, how close around the area. Um, And it's typically very close. It's five to seven miles. Yeah, it's two-thirds of buyers, roughly 68% move within five to seven miles of their current location. And people love to be in the know. You know, right? People love to be able to, oh, okay, the open house. I'm going to tell my sister or cousin, whatever. So people love to be in the know. So open houses, to me, are key. I think that, um, I mean, some sellers don't want them, obviously. And I always abide by the wishes of my sellers in that sense if they don't want their house open. Um, But for me, I do encourage it. And not maybe one, but two, Saturday and Sunday. That way you capture even more Mm -hmm. people. So to me, open houses is a thumbs up. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, um, and I'm in the belief. Yeah, I'm a guest on all of these. You know, more <laughs> more action the better. Um, yeah. To say you don't need to do something in this business is crazy. This is a contact sport. The more people you see, the more people you get in there. I mean, that's right. that's what it is. Um, so you know, I've had three listings this year, and every single buyer came to the open house. Yep. Wow. And that's in addition, a great to, stat in addition right to that, you know, neighbors are swinging through, they're comparing the house, mm-hmm. you know, it gives you an opportunity to then build those relationships. If mm-hmm. they were thinking about selling, you know, that could be you know, something to add to your business as well. So um, to say no to this is just crazy to me. It, it's, it's a yes 100% of the time. Well, and think about the biggest complaint for buyers right now. There's no inventory. Mm-hmm. You're actually standing in the house you're trying to sell. So you're in the product. And then you get to meet them face to face, right? And how often do you feel like you convert better when you meet someone in person versus talking to them on the phone or, or, or you know, whatever it is? That It's always get the meeting. Like, that's the yep. idea. So the fact that people don't want to do those, I think you, you mentioned it. It's lazy. Um, it's or lazy. they think they don't work. I would agree. They don't work for selling the home. They're a lead generation tool. And, when you, and it also... 
the buyers do come to open houses. Sometimes they bring like their parents back mm-hmm. or the family back, and and yep. it may not be the first way they find out about it, but it might help them close the sale. So, mm-hmm. to me, when you have a product you can leverage, then it's going to help you get more listings, and that's what a lot of people are are really short sighted on. Is you get a listing. Call the neighborhood, do the open house, meet the neighbors, all the things you said, but you're in the product you're selling, and historically, open houses have a 10% conversion rate. So you get 10 people in there, mm-hmm. you get one client out of it, that's a win all day mm-hmm. long. And don't be afraid to do a neighbors-only open house. Yes. Either. Totally agree. Yeah, even if nobody shows up, just the fact that you know, you're offering it to them, that way when you call to circle dial after the sale, mm-hmm. they're already familiar with you. You know what I mean? They know you're putting in the extra mile, and the little things make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. The follow-up. Yep. Totally agree. Um, so next one, and we're going to jump around a little bit here. So, cause we hit on, on a few things. Um, the leads are bad. <laughs> These leads suck. The leads aren't good. Right. And I've heard this from a lot of people like, Oh, those leads are worthless or, and, and I would, I would say there are some lead pillars that don't perform as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say they're, they're all perfect, but when someone just says all the leads are bad and these people aren't ready to buy, or I don't need to have a lot of conversations with them. What, what, what do you think about that? Um, I don't think there's ever a bad lead. There was a reason why they reached out in the first place. Maybe they're not ready to transact in the first week or two months or three months. But if you keep nurturing them and you keep following up, there'll be a time where they're going to transact. Or maybe not them, but a friend will transact. So it's there's no bad lead. Mm-hmm. Well, I think no. you know all realtors need to have the mentality that like the, the positive outcome. Like that mentality, you're, you're thinking about the worst case scenario, yes. right? Like you should always be thinking every possible lead is a potential sale and work it that way. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, you're selling yourself short and you're leaving deals on the table. Yeah. Um, I had a buyer who's been in my system since I started here, about a year and a half. Been sending him stuff for a year and a half. No phone calls, hadn't heard from him, but it would always say, yeah, I appreciate the, the market updates, yada, yada, yada. Contact me last week. We just got under contract. So, um, you have to be patient. Like, like I think, again, we're wired to, for the short, short-term satisfaction, but you need to make sure that you're playing the long game, too. Because yeah. if you're not playing the long game, you're going to be toast. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that principle. Anything that leads to, like, short-term success or short-term pleasure doesn't lead to your long-term gains. And, it's you know, quick hits can be great when you're getting started to give you confidence. Right. It's all about what is my future self going to thank me for. And the long game's where it's at. When people say the leads are bad, they're probably what's bad is their follow-up their follow is up, bad right. because yeah. that's where all the money's at. And you, you said this a couple times. Agents aren't trained for this. They're waiting to cherry pick the next hot lead that has a lot of intent. It's just they're looking for a house. They're not looking for a realtor. And there's a big mm-hmm. difference there. And they're going to go to whoever has the product. And I find those also to be some of the more challenging transactions. And when you build rapport with somebody right. and you build it up over time, not all, not all the time, but I mean, th- th- there's a higher likelihood that could be the case. So what I know is that you got to be calling people seven plus times if you want to get a result. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of documentation out there around that. But people say the leads are bad because either they're not asking the right questions or they're not following up the right way. And that's a lack of training or they just are waiting for the next hot person to come in and you know, a lot of people, they want more leads. They think that's the answer. I'm clear, and I know both of you guys have adopted this. Less leads that you work are better, and it keeps you more organized. Do you want to kind of touch on that? Because I know you're both doing this in your businesses right now. Well, it is all about the follow-up. And it, it, as far as um, I've had leads actually hang up on me, and you'll see in the notes, lead hung up on me. But, like, I'll call them I put that. Later. I put those notes right? in, too. But I'll call them two months later. Yeah. They have no idea. No they, idea. The short memories. Oh, hi, Stacy. whatever, you know, and, yeah. and we touch base again. Or 
out of the blue, they'll reach out to me from um, an e-alert that came their way, and they want more information on a home. So in this business, you can't take those things personally. Like if somebody hangs up on you, you don't know. Maybe they were driving. Maybe it was a drop car. I don't know. Maybe they did hang up on me. Bad day. Right. Whatever. They just weren't interested in the call. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. Exactly. I don't take it personally. I just put it in my notes. Lead hung up. And then we try again (laughs) next time and see what happens. Yeah. I've I've had a a gentleman uh, told me never call him again. Yelled at me. (laughs) I called him two weeks later. (laughs) We we started working together. When did you sell him a house? Yeah. That's my question. You know what I mean? I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone's memory is, you know, this big. On to the next. So, again, you can't take it personally. You have to have tough skin. Yeah. So you just you you nurture the leads that you have because they are good leads. There's no bad leads. If you take on too many leads, you're not going to be able to do that. Nope. You're going to have too much to handle, and and it just it it it's a you know setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And I think you know making your calls, getting these leads on the phone at least once, having that conversation, qualifying them. You know, it's giving you the opportunity to, to sift through it and see which ones the real ones are. Because if you're not doing that, you're just, you're spreading yourself thin, mm-hmm. real thin. And, you know, time is money in this business. And if you're wasting time. Yeah. Well, you can't find out what their intent is, if they're serious right. or not. Or maybe something changed in their lives. I mean, people don't, like, realtors are so insensitive to this. Like, something could happen. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, look, the economy's a little uncertain right now. Maybe they're a little nervous about their job and, and are questioning if they yeah. should make a move in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're uncertain about some other things. So I, I, the whole point of this is that you've got to meet them where they're at. And that's why if you have a process, you're going to vet out the people, I mean, a year and a half old lead. That's a great lead to convert because they're probably not shopping around. They're just happy to work with you because mm-hmm. you followed up with them so much. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and that's how you win long term. And we hit on a couple here. We can just debunk right away. I can tell after my first conversation if they're serious. That's a clear no. Mm-hmm. We, all, we all agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, door knocking is a waste of time. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about this one because I, I door knocked early in my career and then I, I committed to really getting good on the phone and that was more efficient for me. I know you both have been door knocking. Tim, you've had a ton of success doing this. Talk about what that did for your confidence level and also what it did for your business. Because I think people think like, oh, that's a pain in the ass or it's a lot of work. And sometimes you got to do the things people don't want to do yep. to really gain traction. And then maybe you can you can back off later once you have your systems down. Yeah, no, I think this is critical um, right now for agents. You know, And again, you have to do all these things, the mailers, the calls, the emails. But what's the one thing that realtors are afraid to do. Knock on somebody's door. Knock on doors, but what I know is face-to-face, they can be meeting on the phone, but they won't, you know, those those interactions are always mostly positive when you get them Mm face-to-face, and it gives you that ability to build that relationship quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a face-to-face guy, so, you know, I enjoy it, but again, that's a pillar that you have to be doing. Again, Mm -hmm. not a lot of realtors are willing to do it. So if you're looking around, you gotta do what people are unwilling to do. And start with a partner. So if you're great really, advice, yeah. If, so if you're really nervous about going up to a stranger's door and knocking on it, uh, bring somebody with you. Yep. That you know, a little support. It helps break up the conversation. Adds things. Um, makes the the people at the that you're going to their home makes them a little bit more comfortable too. It's not just some strange person, one person. But um, I think you'll find that it's not that difficult. And, you know, I mean, you do have some people that might, you know, not answer the door or slam the door and you're like, yeah. I don't, I'm not interested. It Close the door. Yeah. It happens. Again, don't take it personally. Move on to the next one. Leave yeah. the information that you were, that you were going to bring. Typically, it's about what's going on in their local neighborhood, in their market. So we always try to bring value when we're doing these type of outreach programs. That's huge. Always bring yeah, them something exactly. that you can leave with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, running some comps around the area mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yep. Yep. 
Well, in that way that you're actually you're not just there like, hey, are you selling your house? Like that's the <laughs> right. problem. A lot of yeah. realtors they, they want to go right for the close instead of, hey, I'm here to help you. Like I just want mm-hmm. something from you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, a lot of right, right. People don't respond well to that. No. Yeah. I know how I respond to that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 would, I yeah. would imagine all three of us probably respond the same way right. because especially right. being in, in the business that we're in. So. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that's really valuable, and it's, again, it's the stuff people don't want to do. You can do whatever you, if you were willing to do that for a couple of years, you can do whatever you want after that. And that, that's, mm-hmm. I think, the thing people lose sight of, and it's all that long game. Yep. So I got one more for you here, and this one, I, I, you know, I, I'm curious to see what you're going to think. I don't want to use my CRM, and I want to give people a personal touch all the time when following up. Meaning, I want to use my phone number for my phone versus, like, the CRM taxing number, or... I'm not going to put the follow-ups in there because I don't want to feel like I'm automating things. Uh, so what, what do you two think about that? Oh, my gosh. How do you stay organized? Yeah. Like, I can't <laughs> even imagine that. Yeah. I, honestly, I can't. And plus, it, this is it, the CRM allows you to track everything more precisely than I ever could or would want to. I would think it would be such a waste of time to try to do things off the CRM. Yeah. You know, how do you... I don't how how do you stay organized? Yeah, I mean this job's hectic. It's stressful. Yes. So our mind's always racing about deals. So if I have to carve out time to organize, oh, I mean, no. I'd be dead. <laughs> no yeah. way. It yeah. wouldn't happen. No, it wouldn't. So happen. I it would be a complete disaster. Yeah. Like use the tools that are given. I mean, this is yeah. a, a, a time saver and an organizer built in. Like, why would you not use that? Don't reinvent the wheel. It's exactly. already there. That's what the CRMs are for. Yep. Mhm. You said something really interesting. I spent all this time getting organized. What I know is either you're getting organized or you're selling real estate, right? And we're looking to do the, the selling real estate part. And it, it is hard, I think, getting in that habit of like doing the steps. But once you learn all those, it's a little easier. And what I also know is there's a lot of other businesses that have CRMs too, like your mm-hmm. doctor's office. Mm-hmm. They have a CRM. Yep. I don't feel bad about being in the CRM in my doctor's office when they follow right. up with me and say I need a six-month dental cleaning because right. I would forget. I wouldn't I even totally go. I totally forget. I appreciate that they said that. Yeah, I mean, that would be <laughs> – I know. But, I mean, but like, think about trying to make time for all that and right. stuff. Yeah. You're also in the right. CRM with your accountant when it's time to file your taxes. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss that deadline and have, like, a tax lien against you. So mm-hmm. uh, other businesses do this, and, yeah, there's personal touches in there, but – customers in my view they're okay with some automation Mm -hmm. they like the automated property reports you Mm -hmm. don't have time to let's say you have 100 sellers you're trying to work on not an unrealistic number if you're manually sending those out one by one like just cancel the next three days of appointments don't do anything and and some people think oh well this is how i have to do it they wouldn't have these systems in place and not and like every single business uses these i mean Mm -hmm. salesforce is a huge company for this very reason so to me, that's if you want to be successful, use the CRM. But if you don't want to be mm-hmm. successful, then go, you know, work out of your notebook or yeah. whatever else. And also, if you're doing the work and building the relationships the right way, mm-hmm. you're not worried about the automation. Exactly. Right? Because you've already right. built that. And they know it's not, you know, some machine just sending stuff. Exactly. It's also 2022. Like, people right. are okay with, like, getting automated reports and that sort of stuff, especially about the value of their home. And you're not going to know about all the sales all the time right. in a certain neighborhood if you're doing 20, 30, 40 deals a year. So... To me, that one is, it's again, it's like that story you tell yourself in your head mm-hmm. that's not actually true. And so it's how? a great reason to follow up. Mm-hmm. You, know, you right. send them like the automated property searches. A great reason to call, hey, did you check out the houses? Right. I saw a good one for you. Right. You know but if mean? you don't have those automated property searches, how could you ever remember what somebody is looking for? You're not going to be able to handle to a big a, client list. Right. Like, so the clients love that. They'll, and they'll even send me an email back. Oh, this house that you sent me today. And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't send it. But I did. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. You're welcome. But yes, can You're we well, go I see like it? That answer, can we Tim. go That's see good. it? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, to me, that has produced more deals 
just those e alerts going out yep. because I couldn't keep up with that. I couldn't do it personally. So the set up is, the e alert. You see a house that you yes. want to go see, shoot me a text. Shoot me a text. I'll send you the seller's disclosure. Yep. Let's go see it. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. And our systems will make sure you get alerted yeah. right away. People don't yep. care if it's a system. I mean, you could, because I'll even tell them, hey, I might be in an appointment and the house gets listed. Right. I want you getting the house. Yes. Forget everything yep. else. And yeah. it, it's about the messaging and, and the way to build the relationship, like you said. And Again, I just don't. I don't understand why people are so wow. bent on this. And in, in in the market climate that we're in, you've got to have a bigger client list right now. Mm -hmm. It can't be. I've got three hot buyers that are really motivated, and they're all going to transact. It's some people are, some people aren't. We've got to. It's almost like a fantasy football roster where you're. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that one's going to go on the bench yep. for a little bit because something happened, and that's yep. okay. And you need to find someone else to put in there to be your, you know, be, be the next the next sale. So. Uh, to me, that that's a that's a really important one. Any other? I mean, this is we we hit on all these here. Anything else we missed, or anything like you've heard that you think is just total nonsense that you might want to want to debunk here for some of these people? I think we hit on most of them. I can't think of anything extra. But well, yeah, we, we said it all according list. to Stacy. So, anything else, Tim? <laughs> I, I got nothing. Well, don't listen to these messages. Is 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 the message here? I said message a lot there. Don't listen to this nonsense. Yes. Go back to basics, yep. I think, is, is, is what, what really is conveyed here. And if you want to really keep it simple and you want to have a winning playbook in today's market, I would just, you can boil it down to one thing. Am I talking to enough people a day? Yes. And that number should be probably somewhere in like that 15 to 20 range. Or am I making enough phone calls a day? I mean, literally, if you sat down and made 100 dials every day the rest of the year, your business is going to be killer. Yep. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's that simple. It's just people don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So if you're willing to do what others won't, you're going to have a great business and you're going to be able to do whatever you want a couple years down the line. And that, that, that's, that's really the message I see here. So Agreed. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Tim Gola's real estate journey. He's been in the business a few years now, comes from a real estate family. So I think it's pretty interesting. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, and we've got special guest, teammate, great agent, Tim Gola here. And the reason what, what we had Tim on was, one, we wanted to get his insight on the past two segments and brought a lot of value, but also wanted to talk about getting into the business during this whirlwind 24 months and now your shift plan, which to me – 
you've handled this flawlessly and you're seeing it in your business. I mean, we've been talking about it, especially the past 30, 45 days. And if you want to follow the show, again, we stream live every week on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. You want to follow Tim. His Instagram is at Timmy underscore two times two. Two times is spelled out. Or you can go to his team website, tim.tomtool.com. So, Tim, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself first, not necessarily the real estate side, but who Tim is, how you got into the business, what you did before, because this is an interesting time to be getting into real estate. And again, you've pivoted with the shifting market flawlessly, in my view. Yeah. So, um, you know, grew up in the area, uh, Chester County boy, Westchester guy, um, went to Devon Prep, JMU for college, got into sales right out of college, you know, had a couple of sales jobs. So... Um, I had moved home from San Diego um, right as that pandemic hit uh, that September. And, you know, I had had a couple jobs. I had had an office job in finance, uh, insurance, and then, you know, I started a company in San Diego as an entrepreneur my, my last round there. And what I realized was I didn't want to work a nine-to-five. Um, I wanted to be the master of my domain. How hard I work is directly correlated to how much I make and win or lose, it's going to be on me. Um, so after having those conversations, my dad was like, why don't you get into real estate? I'm like, oh my God, it's been 12 years since I graduated college and this is the first time <laughs> I thought of it. Um, so I had a conversation with Tom, you know, came in and, you know, I mentioned this before, you know, I just like what Tom had to say how he handled things. Um, you know, I, I've seen many managers and I just felt like Tom was a, a real straight shooter. So this fit for me. So I came on board. Um, now I came on board, <laughs> you know. Um, this was like summer 2020 when we met. So yeah. I mean, this was like right in the thick of it. Just, just to give everyone some perspective. Yeah. You joined right around the same time, so I think it's an interesting story here. And, and, but keep going. I just want everyone to get the perspective. Yeah, so you know, number one, I'm coming into a crazy market. It is super intense mm -hmm. um, on a competitive team. So it can be crazy daunting. You know, I'm coming in here and people are churning out five, six, seven deals a month um, right off the bat. You know, I didn't have that success right away. You know, I don't even think I put an offer in for my first three months. No. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, a. What's up? You persevered. I did. Well, I, I think that this is one of the interesting things because I think people do yeah. give up way too soon in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, number one, you know, I committed to it, like mentally. Um, I fully committed to it and I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes, which I think you have to have that mentality, especially mm -hmm. coming in during that time. Um, but there's, there's iterations to it. And I was patient with myself, but I was also like pushing myself. Um, and, you know, obviously Tom and Josh and everyone on the team was, you know, a huge help. But you got to keep your head in the game. And um, your mentality kind of shifts. You know, all you're worried about when you first get on the team is like, I got to get deals. I got to get mm -hmm. deals. I got to get deals. And you're, you're just hyper focused on that. And that's not going to make you a great realtor. Like, I was just so worried about getting on the board that I think I was scaring buyers away. They could tell that I was being salesy and all I wanted was a transaction. And that by nature is not who I am. So I had a paradigm shift and I'm like, listen, we're just gonna be very customer focused. I'm gonna do my calls, um, scripting. You know, I got big on scripting um, and all the little things. You know, I just started doing all the little things and told myself, I just do this day in and day out, day in and day out. Like, it's gonna turn, it's gonna turn. I knew I had the skills. I just had to, I just had to keep working at it. And 
This time last year, I, I, don't, I think I had one deal, and then I had six deals. Like it clicked. Yep. And then, you know, there was a couple other iterations of downturns, and that's part of becoming a realtor. You know, I think you don't really f find your level until like, you know, a year plus how to deal with those highs and lows. And it's a mentality game, man. You got to keep your head straight. You know, whatever you got to do, um, we talked about this. It's managing those highs and lows. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, you know, I just feel like, you know, I really you know, found my groove. So, so finding his groove is that so far year to date, to give some perspective, Tim's done 81% of the units that he did all last year. And this is, that, so I mean, this is banana. <laughs> I got Stacey's attention. So that, that to me is, is being committed, but also I, I think the most important thing, and, and, and we've talked about this, is that it was like, okay, what do I need? Like, it's not, we just talked about like the leads are bad in the last segment and like that sort of stuff. And it was taking personal responsibility. And that to me is like the number one thing in this business. If you can take personal responsibility to get better on your own, and look, I do it all the time. I make as many mistakes as anybody else. You guys hear me say this. That to me is where, you know, things started to click. And that six deals in a month is bananas, by the way. Like to do that, like you're, and so, and then being able to manage all that, which I think is really tough. So what were some of the challenges of like going from zero to 60 and then yeah. like I sold all these houses now, what do I do? Yeah, so it was a panic moment. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, uh, it got pretty stinky in there. So um, I was, I had no deals and then six deals, right? Yeah. With, you know, half of them having inspections. So, you know, naturally I got a little gun shy. I stopped making my calls. So, you know, once those closed, there was another, you know, month and a half where I was like, oh my God, I got to build mm -hmm. up my pipeline again. And some people get into that and they never get out of it. Um, so again, like the iterations, like now I'm starting to, now that you go through a couple deals, you know how stuff works. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. So I just kind of pressed pause, which I think I needed to do at that time. Mm -hmm. I think it was smart for me. Um, but you know, now you, know, you, you go through enough deals and you can start stacking your plate a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And you gotta like, you know, feel your comfortability level out. But um, yeah, I think that's, a, a, that's pretty much it. So you kind of paused, reset, which I think is sometimes like it's, it, it, it's an important thing to do. And a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't reset, you should keep going. I disagree because if you're not evaluating and inspecting what's going on, you can't get better. And you almost take like mindless action. Like, I don't know, I, I've found myself in this where it's, you know, especially in, in, in some things where it's like, all right, well, this is working. I'm just going to keep doing it. But then you're not really paying attention to the results and, and what's happening. So now that you've been through all this, like what are some of the things that have become part of your like your daily routine or, or your rituals? And I know that's even transitioned for you a little bit mm -hmm. going from, you know, being more remote, which a lot of agents do and no, no issue, but just kind of adjusting to that. What are some of your like non-negotiables for the day? Um, waking up early before everyone else one. is awake. It's calm. I get all my pre-work done. So all the deals that are you know, pending, I'm lining everything up, sending emails out. So I don't have to think about it that day for the most part. I come into the office, I make my calls, and then it's you know, showings and what, writing offers you know, in the afternoon. If you're not organized and you're not getting that pre-work done and you're trying to piece it together, stuff's gonna fall through the cracks. It's gonna stress you out. Um, so being organized with your day in this business is, like, is critical. And I, I was never that kind of guy, but I knew I, I knew I had to make changes. That morning routine book you gave me, like that was that was the start of it. You know, waking up early was huge for me. I was never an early riser, um, so willingness to change. You know, uh, I love to sleep in. Who doesn't love sleep? But um, you can get a lot done there. So you know, I just think you need to find whatever works for you and structure it that way, so you free up you know your mind to close deals. Love that. So. 
you know, you have an entrepreneurial background, and Stacy, you do too. So, I mean, do you think that's something that like helped you a little bit, like getting in? Because I, th- I think, as much as people say they want to get into real estate, to me, you like, I don't think you can create a great salesperson. To me, the great salesperson is there. You got to find them and then empower them to do it. Versus making like coaching someone into it. I, I to me, there is a talent aspect here. Do you think that played into your interest in getting into the business? Because We've got a lot of people that have owned their own, own businesses. And like Paul had a dry cleaner, right? I know you had your, your salon. I mean, you're, it, it's all the same stuff. Absolutely. And, and what it made me realize is I did want to be a business owner. And I look at this as a business owner. 100%. Like, you're, no, yeah. like we're getting the overhead to run our own business from you, which is amazing. Um, you're but, very kind. Thank you. But, but you, you know, <laughs> in that, that, that job that I, the company I'd started in San Diego, you know, I had experience with Mojo. I was calling around to. I remember you told me this. That was, yeah. that was wild to me. Yep. Um, so, you know, just willingness to do that kind of stuff and like what it took. Um, you know, I, I was like, hey, I, I think this works for me. You know, I think I, I had never really felt that way. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what? This is. You could look at it as harder, but I think this is like what's going to work for me. So let's dive all the way in, um, you know, get into this arena. And, you know, I think I was kind of spot on there. I, I would say the results speak for themselves, especially you, like, like once you kind of figure out what you're doing. And I think that, you know, it's hard to do that at the beginning because, like you said, you're just like, I'm going to get a couple sales. And did you feel this way? I mean, I, you know, you had a kind of a similar story. So once it starts clicking and then you're seeing, all right, well, it's June and I booked 81% of last year's business and you had a good year last year. It wasn't like it was, it was some horrible year, but that's where growth really happens. So, um, you know, for people that are thinking about getting into the industry, I know you're, like your dad's a commercial broker. He's been a commercial broker for years. I'm, I'm curious, like the fact you didn't think about it, was that the first time he mentioned it? Like, well, cause I've had, my dad yeah. works here. Like I know what it's like listening to your parents about stuff, but I'm, I'm curious how your mindset was. You know what he is, like you said, he was in the commercial side. Um, and I knew you, you needed like a, it, it's tough to get in to the commercial side because you have a couple deals a year that are all on thin ice and you may not get one for 10 months. So you need a certain amount of money to really get started. And I, I'm a fast paced guy. I like to churn and burn, you know. Um, so I, I knew that wasn't going to work for me. I never thought about residential, really. I don't know why. Um, and my dad was like, why don't you do residential with young Tom? I'm like, young Tom. Yeah. I'm like, nice great. To hear that. <laughs> Um, so I, I was, it I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And, uh, I think I hopped on the phone with you the next day. Yeah, I know. I mean, we, we met pretty quickly and similar. I mean, you know, so the similar to our, our situation too. And I think just that shows you the value of your network in a lot of cases, even though, you know, I've met, I met you maybe I think once or twice, like, like randomly at like alumni events. Cause Tim and I went to the same high school or we have like mutual connections. When you get that kind of connection from, I saw your dad every day working with him in the same office. I don't think people leverage their networks enough. So, it, it, I mean, and, and that's something I know we've talked about and helped help your business grow more. So what, like what, what advice do you have to people that want to get into the industry? How, how are you continuing to leverage your network? Because I think this is something, especially if you go back to basics with the shifting market, this is going to be a playbook for people to win. Absolutely. So as far as, you know, leveraging my network, I'm really just starting to dive into that. You know, I feel like I'm um, established as a realtor. You know, most people know I'm doing well. So, and I'm not afraid to have those conversations, you know, anywhere I am. It, it kind of comes up, you know what I mean? Um, so I try to sneak in there and, and, you know, talk to as many people as I can about it. And, you know, all my friends, my family, I'm always letting them know, like, if you, if you buy, sell a house, I'm your guy. You know, you, you kind of have to put yourself out there that way. Agreed. Um, as far as, you know, people wanting to get into the industry, I would say, you know, if you know someone who's a realtor, sit down, 
and be very frank with them. Um, there's a certain type of person that I think this business works for. And if you're not that type of person, you know, it, it can be pretty, pretty tough. Uh, so you just need to make sure it's the right fit for you and make sure you're on the right team. Make sure, like interview with a, a number of brokerages and make sure I that that, that team fits for you. Because I think that's a huge, huge piece. It's the same, same thing as a realtor and buyer seller relationship. Like if you guys don't jive, it's going to be a tough transaction. And I think you really need to make sure that that brokerage fits for you. Well, I think I think it's silly not to interview other places because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what else is out there. And I, I, I then the same thing when we interview sellers, I'm like, hey, go talk to some other agents because I know how we're going to stack up. But I want them to know how we're going to stack up, too, because it gives people a more well-informed opinion. So um, so you want to follow Tim. It's Tim.TomTool.Tom or you can follow him on Instagram. It, uh, he's going to work on his uh, social media presence, apparently, is what he told us. It's at Timmy underscore two times two. Um, anything you want to add here, Tim? I and mean, we got about a minute left. Like, I mean, what, anything you want to just add in, like a random fact, fun story? I mean, you, you've got a lot of interesting stuff to say in, in, in a lot of cases. So, ooh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> anything? No, I really, you know, I, I what think do you I, do on your downtime? My downtime? There we go. Stress relief. Um, Let's go. Shooting, shooting hoops. Okay. Um, going for a run. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Yeah. You know, when I have yeah. a bunch of deals in the pipeline and things are kind of going haywire. You know, I got to go run, get the poison out, and clear, <laughs> clear my head. You know, you got to do whatever works for you. And you, this job, you need an outlet. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. You do. If you don't have an outlet, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Stress, yeah. <laughs> you can you, pick up a bad outlet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yes, and I, we've, we've all seen it happen. And, and <laughs> Tim is a very good basketball player, by the way. Apparently, he played with Syracuse greats Scoop Jardine and Rick Jackson, and apparently they were total jerks. And They were. They that's didn't. no surprise to me because I saw him in college. But uh, – you also, your, your uncle's a Hall of Fame basketball player. A lot of people don't know this as well. He is, Hall of Fame. Yep. Oh All-time college basketball rebounder. Holy cow. That's yeah. 6'7", awesome. so we got, uh, we got chipped on the height thing, but. You're still taller than both of us. So. <laughs> good stuff, man. Well, look, we are very grateful to have you part of the organization. I think that goes without saying, but it's good to hear, and you, you know how we feel. So you want to follow Tim, great agent. You can Again, tim.tomtool.com or at Timmy underscore two times two on Instagram. That's going to be it for this week's show. You want to follow Stacy? She's at the number two Mitchco on Instagram. You can follow me at TomTool3RD. We stream live every week on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. That's a wrap on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.